Oh, man. Well, I am still reeling from a tough week in the Big 12 Conference. Hey there, it's Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And as always, it's great to be here with you for another week. And if you are on the podcast, please take a moment out, leave a rating, review, subscribe. We've got free Heartland College Sports koozies waiting for you. When you leave that rating and review, I actually just ordered a brand new batch of koozies. So leave that rating and review. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get the koozie in the mail. We've got like 520 ratings on iTunes. I want to get up to 600 by, what do you think, Halloween? Can we do that? Appreciate all your guys' help and uh, being a part of making that happen because that helps us in the podcast rankings on iTunes and beating the ESPNs of the world, which we all want to do. All right, so it was a tough week for the Big 12. There's no doubt about it, right? Had some really bad losses, disappointing performances, injuries, the whole bit. It was just difficult. And I don't want to overreact through two weeks. And and we talked about the games on our Sunday recap show, which is only on our podcast. But I'm looking at it right now, and it's like, okay, through two weeks – How many Big 12 teams have exceeded expectations and how many have not met the expectations? And right now, if you look at it for the Big 12, only three teams, you could say, have exceeded expectations. But I would argue only two have. The only two teams who have exceeded expectations or at least met them in some capacity, TCU blew out Duquesne and got a win over Pac-12 team in Cal. And amazingly, KU, I mean, they won their first game. And yes, they lost to Coastal Carolina by 27 points, but they didn't look terrible doing it. I don't think OU has exceeded expectations right now. Do you? Like that opening game against Tulane was was certainly not impressive, so I can't put them in that bunch. And by the way, the way that Clemson and Alabama have looked right now, I mean, it's only two weeks in. I get it. It's early. But can I see Oklahoma competing right now today against what I've seen from Alabama and Clemson or Alabama and Georgia? I I can't. And if you want to put K-State on that list, you can. But with the way they played last week after Skylar Thompson went down and not knowing what his injury status is going to be, it looks like he might not be out as long as we thought. It could be two to four weeks. I mean, it looked like it was not just a season ender, but a career ender for Skylar Thompson at quarterback for K-State, that's not the case. But still, would I say, yes, the Stanford win was great and the Stanford win looks even better than it did in week one after Stanford beat USC and got Clay Helton fired? But I I don't know. I just, you know, because of the injury to Howard, uh, to Thompson, and to how they played after he went down last week, I don't think they've exceeded expectations to this point. So it's really just TCU and KU. Those who have not met those expectations so far through a couple of weeks of the season is basically everybody else. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Texas, and Baylor. Now, remember how I'm coming to this. I'm coming to this as a Big 12 guy. There's nobody and no conference that I want to see succeed more than the Big 12 conference, right? I mean, this is what we do. No one's going to go rah-rah in the Big 12 more than me and more than this show. But at the same time, I call it like it is. And the Big 12 has has not had a good first couple of weeks. Now, you can say all you want about how they haven't lost to an FCS team and 
you know, uh, they did take care of some better opponents like Stanford, like Cal. That's great, I guess. But when Oklahoma, you know, the anchor of your conference right now, has not looked awesome, great. They beat Western Carolina 76-0. I don't want to hear from, you know, a, a, a fan base that rolled over an FCS opponent as if it means anything. All right? I, I just don't. I don't care that West Virginia crushed its FCS opponent. I don't care that, uh, you know, TCU crushed Duquesne, although I think TCU's looked pretty good. I, I just, I don't care. I don't. I don't think it means anything to anybody, and it should not mean anything to anybody. I want to see West Virginia beat Virginia Tech this weekend, okay? That's what I want to see. I want to see OU stomp Nebraska by four to uh, four, four plus touchdowns this weekend. I want to see him cover that 22 with ease. That's what I want to see. I don't care about Western Carolina. So, all right, you look at the teams that have not met expectations, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Texas and Baylor. Right? I mean, is that is that fair? And then if you want to throw Oklahoma on that list, you can. And you've got seven of your ten teams that have not met the expectations through the first couple of weeks. And I know it's early, but here's why these non-conference games matter. Because the rest of the college football world looks at them and stacks you up against them. Iowa State losing to Iowa. If Iowa does not go out there and win the Big Ten West and it finishes third in the Big Ten West, it's going to be a bad look for the Big 12. That's why if you're a Big 12 fan, you have got to be rooting for these other nine teams in the non-conference. I, Oklahoma fans should be ticked off that Iowa looks so Iowa State looks so bad against Iowa this past weekend. Like you should be legitimately annoyed if you're an Oklahoma fan that Iowa State can't play well early in the season. Because here's the thing, when they're playing better in October and November and you're playing them in mid to late November and then possibly again in a Big 12 championship game, if you drop one of those games, even though it's a much better Iowa State team, it's not going to look as good because of that Iowa loss from the second week in September. That's just the reality of how college football works. We can complain that it's not the best system, that it shouldn't be. The, you can do all of that. But it's the system that we've got, right? It's the system that's in place. And complaining about it after the fact does absolutely nothing for anybody. So I, I just I can't roll with that. I can't sit here and complain about the system when we all started the season knowing what the system was and knowing what the expectations were. So I, I, I can't do that. And I wonder what it means for the league this year. And I keep thinking about something I put up and proposed on the last podcast. And that is right now, who is the second best quarterback in this league? Who is it? Is it Brock Purdy? Eh, Not right now. Is it Max Duggan at TCU? Eh, I mean, uh, I don't think that's a great thing for the league. Texas is already making a quarterback change, right? Oklahoma State is quarterback questions. I don't think Jared Dagey is a great answer at West Virginia. Is it Tyler Shuck at Texas Tech? Maybe. Seriously, who's your second best quarterback? It's that's I, I would make it Skylar Thompson if he were healthy, but he's not healthy right now. And even so, I love Skylar Thompson. Is that the guy I want being the second best quarterback in the conference? Probably not. So uh, there's a lot of question marks right now around this league. And sure, they can be answered this weekend, and and you know it would be great if the Big Twelve bounces back with a big time weekend here. I mean, I would love that 
more than anybody, I, I, I would be thrilled to see the Big 12 have a great week three. I'd love it if Oklahoma rolled Nebraska, if West Virginia beat a top 15 team in Virginia Tech, right? Nothing would make me happier. Oklahoma State goes to Boise and gets a win. Iowa State stomps UNLV. Texas rolls Rice. But uh, right now, it's fair to have questions, all right? Speaking of questions, Texas is making a move at quarterback. And I thought this would happen with Casey Thompson replacing Hudson Card. I thought I saw something at the end of that Texas game with Casey Thompson when he came in for Hudson Card that impressed me. And it was the 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 fight, it was the enthusiasm, it was giving up his body. And I didn't know if that was just because it was garbage time and Arkansas had, you know, already closed that game out essentially against Texas and Fayetteville last Saturday night. But for a guy that didn't win the starting job against Hudson Card, despite waiting patiently behind Sam Ellinger for the last several years, he came out and he was throwing his body in the line. He was diving for the end zone in a garbage time touchdown. And I was like, you know, there's something to be said for that. Not just looking good through the air and on the ground, not, not just that part of it, but a guy who a lot of people thought would end up maybe transferring two weeks ago after he lost the starting job to Hudson Card to come out and throw his body on the line for a team that did not pick him to be the starting quarterback a couple of weeks ago, that that says something about Casey Thompson. And I respect the heck out of that for Casey Thompson. And I I was still surprised that you pull the plug on a redshirt freshman quarterback and possibly totally demoralize the kid in Hudson Card after a couple of weeks. But then again, I can't blame Steve Sarkeesian for doing it. You know, Steve Sarkeesian's in a pressure cooker. He knows that. All right. He knows that. And that was a really bad performance. New con I mean, not new conference, but you're playing a team from the conference that you're going to be a part of on the road, coming off a great game against Louisiana, winning by 20 points in week one. And the team just looked bad, looked flat. It was a it was a really tough game to watch. And uh, you know, it was almost Tom Herman-esque in terms of how that game went. For the Texas Longhorns. And I'm not I'm not bailing on Steve Sarkeesian right now. I promise you I'm not doing that. But I'm just pointing out it was not a great look for Steve Sarkeesian, for the Texas Longhorns. And now already the quarterback change is being made. So there is a lot happening right now in this league. A lot happening uh, this week in the conference that we're obviously keeping an eye on. You've got two games out in the West Coast. you got the Boise State-Oklahoma State game, UNLV, Iowa State. Got to stay up late for that one on Saturday night. So you could really end up with like 14 hours of Big 12 football on Saturday if you really wanted. And I'm I'm here to eat that up. I don't know about you guys, but I'm here to eat that up all day, every day. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And now before we get to our Big 12 power rankings for week three, first I want to tell you about our friends at mybookie.com. We're right now with our promo code BIG12, that is BIG12, you get a 100% sign-up bonus. Double your deposit, your first-time deposit, at mybookie.com with our promo code BIG12. You've got week three coming up this weekend. You have week two of the NFL season, by the way, get underway. Uh, Lamar Jackson's taking on Patrick Mahomes, all right? Wreck'em Tech, right? Little Red Raiders action. Guns up, baby, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And as a Kansas City guy, I will be locked into that game this weekend. But uh, so many reasons to jump into my bookie. Prop bets as well. Anything and everything that you want. 
on mybookie.com. And and they've been a longtime supporter of this show. So if we can support them, that keeps a great relationship going and helps us keep growing this show. Mybookie.com, our promo code Big 12, that's Big 1 2, and you double your deposit on your first deposit. So you put in 100, you put in 200, you get that money right into your account, no questions asked. Go check them out. Mybookie.com, promo code Big 12. All right, let's dive into those Big 12 power rankings for week three. I'm Pete Mundo. Let's get to it at number one. Remember, this is based on games that have been played. This is not based on what I expect the rankings to be by the end of the season. It's based on what's actually happened on the field to date. At number one in my Big 12 power rankings for week three, I've got the TCU Horn Frogs, all right? The TCU Horn Frogs I've got in that number one spot this week. And uh, they played the most consistent football of the season thus far in the league with really one bad quarter, and that was the first quarter against Cal on Saturday. But they took care of them at home, which they needed to do. They're 2-0 and in the season. They dominated Duquesne, which I understand FCS, but still dominated them with a good Power 5 win. And considering how Iowa State has looked through two weeks, and we'll get to more of that here coming up, suddenly the case for the second-best team in the Big 12 is much more debatable than I thought it would be before the season. All right? And TCU's case is quickly growing. Now, I think that there is still, based on what I've seen, a big drop-off between Oklahoma and the rest of the league right now. But still, that debate for number two is a worthy one to have at this point in time. At number two in these uh, Big 12 power rankings for week two, I've got the Oklahoma Sooners. So they crushed Western Carolina. That's to be expected. It followed a shaky week one where the Sooners hung on for that win against Tulane. There's no doubt this team is, yes, the favorite to win the Big 12. They're still a top five team in the country. But I can't put them in the top spot just yet when they crush an FCS team after struggling against a group of five teams. But if you dominate Nebraska this weekend, we've got a different story, okay? And considering how Nebraska's looked, that should not be a problem. And considering Nebraska wanted to cancel this game, by the way, remember that whole deal, I hope, I hope that Lincoln Raleigh just takes him to the woodshed. I, I really hope that that ends up happening. At number three in the Big 12 Power Rankings, K-State. They got the win over Southern Illinois, but with Skylar Thompson leaving that game with that non-contact knee injury, did not look good. The good news is that it looks like Thompson, certainly not a season-ending injury. The question is, when does he come back? And how quickly can he get back? Can he get back by October 2nd? What's October 2nd? That's the Oklahoma game in Manhattan. All right. Can he do that? Is he able to do it? If he can, uh, K-State will try to beat Oklahoma for a third straight season. Could you imagine, by the way, if Chris Kleiman starts off his career 3-0 and against Oklahoma? And, and not just like you know, any Oklahoma team. You're talking about a team that's won six straight Big 12 titles and is consistently in the college football playoff discussion. That'd be wild. I'm not predicting it. Trust me, I'm not predicting it. But I think that's the one you've got circled. Because after October 2nd, K-State's got to buy until Farmageddon against Iowa State October 16th. It wouldn't shock me if they basically say, hey, I don't see a reason if I'm Chris Kleiman don't see a reason to bring him back for the, for the Oklahoma game. So let's just uh, get to the bye week, give him an extra two weeks, 
and hope he's ready to come back October 16th against Iowa State. I, I would not blame K-State if that's the decision that they decide to make, if, if he can even pull that off. But K-State's win against Stanford also looks that much better after Stanford beat USC and, and got Clay Helton fired, as we talked about earlier. So K-State's in the three spot. At number four, the Texas Longhorns. Week one was impressive. Top 25, 20-point win over Louisiana. But week two was a disaster in that loss to Arkansas. Texas gave up over 300 rushing yards for more than seven yards per carry. Seven yards per carry they gave up on defense. Oh, gosh, that is bad. Really bad for the Texas defense. Now you've got a quarterback controversy in in full display after Hudson Card got benched, Thompson comes in, and now Thompson's the starter. But Texas has a quarterback battle on its hands. They got pushed around on both lines, and that is definitely concerning as we approach conference play. At number five, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. You look at the standings, you see a 2-0 Cowboys team. You watch the games, you've got serious concerns. Missouri State in week one, ugly second half. This time against Tulsa, they sneak out with a win against Tulsa. And this is a Tulsa team, by the way, that is not great. Uh, it's just, it's not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sorry. They, they should have won this game by two touchdowns. They lost to UC Davis in week one. UC Davis, UC freaking Davis, they lost to by two points. And then they fall to Oklahoma State by five. I, it's a, it's a really, I mean, I don't know if Oklahoma State's had a worse 2-0 start than this. Let's be honest. Offense has not looked good. Um, I don't know what the play is at quarterback right now. I thought they'd look better with Sanders because he's more mobile behind that mediocre offensive line. But, I, I, you know, if they went to Illingworth, I would not be shocked, and I couldn't really blame them either. But you're not going to find a less impressive 2-0 start than Oklahoma State these first couple of weeks. But they're number five in our Big 12 power rankings. Number six, the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, yes, they dominate LIU underwhelming FCS opponent. I don't care that they scored 60-plus points. There's not a lot to learn from this game. What matters to me for West Virginia this weekend, Virginia Tech. Can they pull off the win? That'd be a top-15 victory the Big 12 needs and could desperately use a top-15 victory like this this weekend. And I hope the Mountaineers can help provide it. It it is going to be a great scene. Old Big East matchup, of course. Old rivals. I cannot wait to see what West Virginia could possibly do uh, with this uh, with this team this weekend. I'm, I'm not optimistic. I still have concerns, but I can't wait to see what they do, and I'm going to be locked on this game. Unfortunately, this game is at the same time as the OU-Nebraska game. So my hope is that OU handles Nebraska. That game's over by halftime, and then West Virginia and Virginia Tech are locked into a tight battle in that early 11 a.m. slot this weekend. That That's my hope, at least. That's, that's what I'm planning on, so... We'll see how that actually ends up playing out. At number eight, I've got the Iowa State Cyclones. They hung on against Northern Iowa. Then they got rolled by Iowa in a game that was not nearly as close as the st- score indicated. When you lose the turnover battle for nothing, uh, despite the fact that the defense looked really good, defense only gave up 170-something yards. But the offense is a major problem. Some people want to pull the plug on Brock Purdy. I'm not there yet, all right? Brock Purdy is the guy that helped you get to where you are talking about this program and Big 12 contention. But, I, I, you know, I understand. I, I just think you got to open up the playbook a little bit more, too. 
I, I get wanting to be vanilla in week one, but the strategy of being vanilla in week one to then open up the playbook against Iowa, like it just hasn't worked under Matt Campbell. It's one of the few things that has not worked under Matt Campbell. So it's fair to critique it because it just that formula is not working. At number nine in the Big 12 power rankings, the Baylor Bears. They may have played the worst FCS opponent of any Big 12 team this weekend, which is saying something because there were some bad, bad FCS games on the schedule for the Big 12 this past weekend. But they did what they had to do. They took care of Texas Southern. They rolled them and put up a big number, 66-7. to seven. But you played Texas State and Texas Southern, I, I, and you've – you know, you won the Texas State game by all of nine points. It was a close game in the fourth quarter. And then you rolled Texas Southern. I, I, I just, I can't put you above Iowa State right now when Iowa State lost to a top 10 team. I just can't do it. So I've got Baylor, despite the 2-0 and record, uh, at number nine. And you know what? We'll find out more about them this weekend because they are on the road against the Kansas Jayhawks, who are the number 10 team in our Big 12 football power rankings this week. Now, KU didn't look as bad as you might believe based on a 27-point loss on Friday to Coastal Carolina. You're starting to see some glimpses from KU early in this Lance Leipold tenure. That should encourage KU fans. It's an it's, it's a incredibly long road ahead. But it's a road worth watching for the fan base and for those of us who are just Big 12 or college football freaks in general. But for now, you got to keep them at number 10 in the Big 12 power rankings, and I don't see how you can really debate that one a whole lot. I just don't see how you do it. So the power rankings in order, TCU, Oklahoma, K-State, Texas, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Baylor, and Kansas. I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. Don't forget about our friends at mybookie.com. The promo code BIG12, BIG12, gets you a... 100% sign-up bonus. Double your money with my bookie, with our promo code going into this weekend. We'll have our picks dropping later this week, by the way. So we're 3-4 and four against the spread on the season this season. So hoping to get a uh, get a uh, nice week, a nice week this week. Went 2-3 two and uh, two and three this past week. So hoping for a bounce-back week here on Saturday. Meantime, I want to thank you guys for all your ratings and reviews on the podcast. I want to give a shout-out to a couple of People who have left nice reviews on uh, iTunes. Got this one here. I'm a Big 12 transplant living in California. Listening to Heartland College Sports is my connection back to all the great sports in the Midwest. I listen to almost all the podcasts each week. Pete does an awesome job. I finally feel like I know what's going on with all the Big 12 games. Thank you very much for that. How about this? Uh, I don't always agree with Pete's opinions. That's fine. That's what makes him an opinion. I love that, by the way. However, I appreciate having one podcast that truly sticks to only Big 12 news, unlike some that falsely advertise being Big 12 podcasts only to talk about what every other big network podcast talks about. Definitely recommend. Ooh, I like that shade, by the way. Love the shade. That's good stuff. So thank you guys uh, for that, and thank you for your continued support of this show and leaving those ratings and reviews, and that's how you get a Heartland College Sports koozie. Rate, review. Takes you a minute, and then send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get those koozies in the mail for you guys. They're on back order, but I promise you they're coming. All right, have a great day. We'll talk to you guys soon on heartlandcollegesports.com.